Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, welcome. I'm Fazia Costi, and today I am so excited to interview Mark Sutter. He's the founder of Impact Sales advisors. So, um, you know, in my opinion, we all do something in the sales arena. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today, Mark. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for the conversation. Yeah. You know, I I think we all do sales. We're all salespeople. I mean, we have to sell something, whether it's our our ideas, our products, our, our, you know, interest in something, whatever it is, we have to make that argument that it's a good thing. And so what you do is really important because it helps sway someone's opinion one way or the other. Do they, you know, do they want to buy our product? Do they want to like us? Do they not want to like us? That's all sales, in my opinion. Would you agree with that or no? No, I totally agree. It's a great assessment. We're all uh, trying to connect with people, influence people, persuade people, or just help people, right? So we're all selling, you realize it or not, in some form or fashion. Exactly. And, you know, it took me a really long time to come to that conclusion. Um, You know, when I was younger, you know, I I was, you know, I was a little scared of sales. I remember my first job, um, I worked at a yogurt shop. And, you know, our supervisor was like, oh, you have to sell the yogurt. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do sales, you know. And it kind of, you know, over time, I, I understood it as you just have to make the argument like, Yes, this yogurt is delicious. You will like it. You just get to choose your favorite flavor, and 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 it became so much easier over time. So I, I want you to talk a little bit about you and tell us, you know, tell us a little bit about who you are and and how you got started in sales. Well, it's a great question, and I love sort of what you mentioned there because I'm I've been an introvert my whole life, obviously, in some form or fashion as well. And um, but I started my career in sales after I got my MBA. Um, became curious about technology, so started in the wireless industry. And as an introvert, I learned pretty quickly that it was at times difficult to talk to people. But if you focused on that you wanted to help people solve their problem, get them what they need, it became much easier. So I really became um, adept and started to enjoy just connecting on one-on-one with people. And so I did retail sales, actually started before that doing a door-to-door sales Um and then I moved into sort of the corporate world at Gartner Group doing B2B uh, sales and sales management and, and moved on from there and, and did some services, work with financial services at Russell Investments, um, did another stint at a couple of B2B companies, Gartner again, then to Bradstreet. So most of my career is B2B sales, but I started in B2C um, and sort of just stumbled into sales because I wanted to help people sort of enjoy those one-on-one conversations, later really enjoyed managing teams of people, helping them achieve success. For our listeners who don't know, can you define what B2B and B2C mean? Great. Yeah. So, sorry, um, business to consumer. So selling a product to a um, an individual consumer or business sales, selling to other businesses is B2B. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's important. So uh, as we have this conversation, people understand what it is you are referring to because there is a distinct difference. Right. That's okay. For sure. mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your company, Impact Sales Advisors. What, what does your company do? How do how do you help others? 
Right. So I'm a fractional VP of sales. So I'm an outsource or fractional VP of sales. And what that mean is, is I come in to businesses, small, mid-sized businesses that are struggling with sales, looking to build or rebuild or scale their sales performance. And the common denominator is that they're probably unhappy with the current state of sales performance. And they're a little bit frustrated, want to turn things around. And I come in and do an assessment. Um, I look at ways to optimize and rebuild their sales performance. Um, and in some cases, I'll come and manage their sales team on a part-time basis. Uh, many small businesses, mid-sized businesses don't oftentimes need a full-time heavy salaried sales leader, but they do need somebody to fix what's broken and then lead the team to success uh, and oftentimes find uh, additional sales resources to replace myself. So a lot of it is building and rebuilding sort of the sales approach of a small business and mid-sized business, and oftentimes then running the sales team as well. Okay. Yeah. No, it, I think that sounds wonderful. Um, how did you get into sales? Talk to me a little bit about your background and, and that that evolution of, of your career. Yeah. So as I touched upon earlier, just a little bit, I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I went and got my MBA and then I learned after my MBA about a couple of companies and technologies. And I just became interested and really just try to get on the ground floor of some of these companies. And so oftentimes for people that aren't sure what they want to do, or they're just beginning to get into their career, sales is a great place to start. Um, so I started at the bottom, door-to-door retail sales. Um, and as I mentioned, had some success, really became in, enjoying in terms of the work that I was doing. Um, I would say the, during that journey, I became very curious as well about just business in general. So even though I had an MBA, I spent a lot of time studying and reading books around business, um, organizational effectiveness, team effectiveness, personal effectiveness. I just want to learn about businesses and people. And so um, that sort of got me on the path to having some good success um, in the wireless industry and then moving on to sort of the, the tech space into the business to business sales. Um, and then throughout that journey, I just really stayed open in terms of learning and connecting with other leaders that were doing really good work and very successful at, at different levels, whether they're uh, leadership or they were managers or they were just very good salespeople. I spent a lot of time just trying to study those folks uh, to learn as much as I can because I was really focused as well on myself in terms of just testifying as an introvert, just being successful for myself. And so a lot of a journey, uh, Fazia, in just terms of trying to be successful, studying success, both at both as a personal level, but also at a corporate level as well. Um, and that led me just to get tapped to, to lead different size teams work for different organizations. Um, and that started me on the path of um, being a sales leader. Um, I spent about 30 years in corporate B2B sales, management, sales leadership, global client director type of roles. And over time, I knew that eventually I'd want to spend more time giving back and trying to help companies that really needed help, which is really the, the mid-sized to small business segment. A lot of large organizations have a lot of resources behind them. Um, some in-house, some external, so they have resources to sort of help themselves. But the small to mid-sized business segment um, is really needing a lot of help. And I would also add the fractional outsource space in general is a really a hot space for, for people like myself to have a lot of experience to help companies. So whether you're a fractional sales leader like myself, a lot of small and mid-sized businesses are asking for help around um, from the CEO role to the to the legal role, to the HR role, where they need part-time 
leadership and management support, but not always on a full-time basis. Um, they may not have those resources in-house. So it's, it's really a, a good market opportunity of a, of a space where there's a lot of need and demand for people like myself that have a lot of experience um, for companies that don't have that in-house. They've sort of hit a wall with their own expertise and they need somebody to come in to take what I call like a healthcare practitioner approach just to assess the current situation, leverage their experience to put them on a better path for, for growth. And so um, I just wanted to leverage the years of experience that I have to help other companies. Um, and so that's why I started my company, Impact Sales Advisors. I named the company, ironically, Impact Sales Advisors, because my philosophy from a business standpoint was always to have an impact on the people, the company, and the processes and leave things in a better place. And so outside of the number, per se, I wanted to improve the way that we way we did work. Yeah, no, I, I like the title of your business, it says exactly what you do. You know, there, there's no guessing in that. So that, that's beautiful. Uh, you know, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned in your sales career? Well, a lot. I think I've learned a lot. I think the combination of the studies that I did and the experience has sort of pointed to a couple of things. One is I've always tried to um, understand the current situation that I was involved with. So, you know, what is the current state of where I'm at? And what does that look like? Do we have too many customers in one segment, not enough customers here, too much revenue from one customer, for example? And then I tried to match the to the situation. And so based on the current state, and it's not like too much unlike a, a fitness or nutritional goal, right? You take some high-level metrics of where you are and you set some goals of where you want to go. You sort of understand what your capabilities are. And then you match sort of the current and best strategies to get success. So I've really tried to take that, I call it a healthcare practitioner approach of matching the right strategy to the right situation. Um, and then be careful not to over-engineer a bunch of things that um, don't always drive success. Just focus on the vital few things. And um, I really, yeah, I really try to keep it simple and try to do the one or two or three things that really move the needle. I love that, you know, because sometimes people think about too many different things and they lose sight of what's most important. And so I, I like that just staying focused on the, the most important things for your business. That's awesome. Um, why do good salespeople fail um, at sales management when they do, do, you know, everyone kind of wants to move up in the world. And so once a salesperson moves into management, why do they typically fail? Well, it's a great question. And it's a common um, symptom in a lot of companies where they promote their best salesperson into the leadership or management role. And one of the reasons why they fail is that there's really not a lot of sales management, sales leadership, coaching, and training. There's a lot of sales training at the account level. Um, and a lot of universities you know, produce a lot of marketing people and computer science people, but there's not a lot of universities that promote and produce sales leaders. And so how do you learn? And so oftentimes, account executives are promoted into a position where they're just not well supported. They haven't um, been coached before about how to lead a sales organization. The skill set's different. The uh, the traits are different. Instead of managing a sales cycle, right, you're managing a group of people, uh, a team of people that you have to coach and lead and serve, but you're also managing up in the organization. So you need to represent what sales does to marketing and product and to the exec group. And so there's a lot of learning that needs to happen about understanding how a business works, how a business works within itself in terms of the different functions. 
and then how to manage a whole group of people that you've never done before. And so I think there's uh, a lot of cases where we set up um, people to fail because they're not walking into a situation um, where there's that inherent sales muscle and sales leadership training, and then they're not trained themselves. And so I think that's a big gap currently in the marketplace. And that was one of the reasons why I spent many years studying sales and sales leadership. I was blessed um, and have a lot of gratitude so that to the sales training, uh, sales management specific training that I received at Gartner in particular, which had a lot of ex-Xerox folks there. Um, so I was mentored well, I was coached well, but there's not a lot of companies that do that today. And so you're sort of left to on your own to sort of develop that. Um, and so, again, I think there's a, a gap in the marketplace of sales yeah. leaders. Well, they are two distinctly different skill sets. I mean, even though everyone is a salesperson, not everyone is a manager. Right. Not everyone has management skills. So you're right. You have to learn a completely new skill set, even though you're already really good at your job. And it makes for difficult transition sometimes. You're right. right. They, they definitely need that support. Right. Yeah. And I think it's uh, largely by having a servant mindset, right? So you really have to want to serve and help individual team members above yourself, right? So you want them to succeed, be successful more so than yourself. But there are also just some nuts and bolts about just running a sales organization. Do you know, you know, do you know how to have a performance conversation? Do you know how to run mm-hmm. a business review? Do you know what metrics to talk to your leadership about? So there's just different things that you wouldn't do in, in terms of running a sales cycle that you need to do as a sales leader that, again, you probably haven't learned before, haven't been trained before, haven't studied before. And it is quite complex based on a different company that you might work for. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think personality styles play a role in sales and management or maybe both? I think personality styles play a role in everything personally. And I think they do impact sales, but I want to hear from you. What do you think? Yeah, I do think the impact. I think there's multiple personality styles and profiles that can be successful in sales and sales leadership. I think the key really is understanding what your personality profile is and what the personality profile of your team members and your organization is. Because again, it's sort of matching your style and situation um, to the context of what's happening. And so can you leverage and communicate and coach people with different personality styles? Can you communicate upward in the organization, the current state of the organization to, to different leaders that have different energy levels, different personality profiles, different ways of receiving information? And so I think it's, well, there's no silver bolt of a personality profile. I think there's some that lend itself a little bit better to being a leader and a, a sales exec, but multiple profiles can be very successful, but it's really how well do you work with other people and finding common ground and communicating. Um, too many mistakes happen when people think one thing and they're the part of the organization's thinking something else. So how do you bring people with different backgrounds together in an effective sort of efficient way? Can an introvert be a really good salesperson? Yeah, I think I've been pretty successful. I think, uh, <laughs> I'm an introvert. And- Most people would disagree with you. They're like, oh, no, introvert. I'm an introvert. I can't go do sales. But but you proved them wrong. Yeah, so it's interesting. I just went through like another personality profile that somebody gave me. And I am an introvert. But what it means also is that I'm empathetic. I'm a good listener. I like research. Um, I like data. I do like to help people. And so I'm pretty methodical and, and servant oriented. And so I speak typically from a place of knowledge and, and research and experience and so forth. 
Um, but so, yeah, I think you can be uh, you can be an introvert for sure. It's just leveraging the strengths that you have from that perspective um, and going forward with it. I love it. Thank you. Um, one of the things that we talked about before we started the live radio show is uh, meeting people where they're at. <laughs> Um, kind of being that mirror. Can you talk a little bit about what that means? Yeah, so for me, it really means about understanding the person uh, and the context of why you're having that conversation. So it's less about me trying to talk to them about something that I have to offer. It's more about having a genuine interest and a curiosity and trying to learn about mm-hmm. their current situation and, and then having the mindset that you want to help them uh, achieve their goals and what they want to do, irrespective of what I might provide them. So in some cases, I'm trying to learn about them and, and maybe I can help them, but at the very least, I can help them, if not myself, by connecting with them with a person or resource that can move them forward. So I think it's a mindset thing of meeting people where they're at, understanding their current situation, sort of where they are in, in the decision-making cycle that they have, um, depending on what they're looking for. Um and sometimes it's just being a listener, right? You're not trying to solve problems, but you're trying to help them help them sort of make sense of what they're struggling with by being a listener and asking good questions. And so I think if you start there first, then you know where to go, right? You understand the current state of that person, what their situation is, what their motivations are, mm-hmm. and what challenges they have. So that's what it means for me. No, I like that. I, I I like the fact that you start off with asking questions, really understanding your client, really understanding what their needs are, where they're at, so that you can help them get where they want to go. That That is, I think, what every salesperson should be doing. Would you agree that that is probably the basic, you know, start of where you should, you know, start sales? Well, I think it's uh, always definitely part of the place that you should start there, right? I think there's been a trend recently in the last couple of years of, of a lot of outreach from B2C sales and B2B sales of people reaching out with their own product-led or service-led solution versus having some idea about where the customer is uh, in their situation. And so I do think it's you should start um, where that person is, where that company is, um, and hopefully have some understanding of where that where they are, first of all. But if you're not, then that yeah, you need to you need to start where they are versus where you're coming from and what you're trying to sell, what you're trying to pitch. You think everyone should learn about sales? Well, I think it depends what you mean by sales, right? I mean, nowadays sales is oftentimes less about selling as it is about helping buyers, right, uh, achieve what they want to achieve, right? So buyers of all types, consumers and businesses have a lot of information. They do most of their research online. They talk to other people, and so. You know, it's almost like we want to call it buyer enablement versus sales enablement, right? It's it's sort of helping people. But I do think no matter what you do, having sort of the sales skills of understanding your customer and where they're at and and being equipped over time about how to ask questions, how to um, challenge people with information at times where it makes sense, um, help them think differently about their world things like that. Those are some unique sales skills that I think are always relevant. Um, But in the end, it's a little bit of a mindset too. So I think for sure, the sales skills and sales mindset are can always be helpful, no matter what job that you have, because even internally, as you work with companies in different departments, you need to sell ideas, right? You need to sell yourself. Um, And so bringing companies together internally is is a sales job itself. So we're all in sales at, at some level. 
even in an interview, I think we're we're trying to sell ourselves. You you definitely want my, you know, my product, me, for example, as your new employee. So that is sales. Would you agree with that maybe? Yeah, I think 100%. We're always um, trying to connect and sell um, to other people for sure. What are some of your um, influencers in your career? Who are, who are the most important people or books or whoever? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. I, I spent, as I mentioned, a lot of time learning from some great people at um, that are ex-Xerox at Gartner. And, and then I spent a lot of time um, reading a lot of books. And so... I wrote a list and I have a lot of lists, but there's just a lot of books. Uh, I think the challenger sales, been an influential book. I think um, a more recent book uh, by Dr. Howard Dover, the sales innovation paradox is a great recent book on the current state of sales. Um, I spent a lot of time reading books on effective communications with executives. Susan Scott's uh, uh, the author of fierce conversations, a very well-known book on having effective communications with executives Um yeah, a lot of the HBR, Harvard Business Review authors, Dr. Michael um, Michael Watkins, he writes a lot about strategy. So those are some of the things I studied. And then from a sales leadership perspective, I worked for some great leaders at Gardner, as I mentioned, John Besteman, Peter Noble, and others. Um, Tom Kinsman was an early mentor leader, um, ex-Xerox, that worked uh, as a consultant at Gardner. So I learned a lot from a lot of people. And as some people say, there's no new ideas. You sort of just gather on ideas from other people and so I think the combination of those people and others that I continue to meet and then staying curious and continue to learn has really influenced sort of my own my own thinking and my own approach um, and sort of just added to that capability over time. Yeah, I like that you follow your curiosity. If something seems interesting to you, you reach out, you look for a book, you look for a new person to talk to. And you're really growing your own um knowledge. You're you're really focusing on yourself and 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 personally, I think that's the best way to grow your business is by improving your knowledge, your own base of knowledge. Um, so I think you're you're doing a really good job with that. I think you're uh, probably um, a great asset to anybody you work with. Um, sounds like you really have a lot of information behind your your uh, your business. Uh, what advice would you give people watching or listening to us today? Um, what advice would you give them if they're wanting to get into sales? What What are your top tips for them? Yeah, if you want to start a career in sales or you're curious about it, I think one thing to do is just start talking to a lot of people. I think uh, you want to network uh, within your network uh, on LinkedIn in particular. People, other people like talking to other folks. And so um I think just getting some information about what's the right fit for you from a industry company perspective. And one way to learn about that is do a lot of informational interviews. And I, even as an introvert, introvert when I was curious about my first career stop or making different curious, uh, career moves, I would reach out to a lot of people that were in the space that I was potentially interested in and just said, I'd love to learn more about what you do, how you got there, what you think is important. Um, and, and then get some feedback on where I was. And I learned a lot in that process about, yeah, maybe that's not a right fit based on the current trends and sort of what they're looking for. Or, you know, yeah, that is sort of interesting to me based on what they described. And it would confirm um, what I was interested in and then I could move forward. And oftentimes I would get additional people to speak to in those informational interviews. So I think one way to do that is, yeah, in particular, is build your network 
And while you do that, learn uh, about what's out there and what's important to those people. And people will give you advice. And then I think you follow that advice and follow up in a good way and continue to be curious and learn. I think that's just a great place to start. Um, beyond that, I think, Fazi, I think you have to be a student of sales and not just sales, but business in general, um, how business works, how strategy works, how leadership works. So I think studying and reading and, and just following thought leaders uh, in the companies and in the domain expertise that you're driving for is important. And and I know that there's different types of sales. Um, you know, some people, and, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but, um, but like, I know some people like commission sales, some people like, you know, different types, you know, what, what different types of sales t- jobs are out there that, that you are aware of? Well, that's a whole, that's a big topic. I mean, there's a lot of different types of sales based on the types of companies that are out there. And if it's again, B2C business to consumer versus business to business. And I think there's different sales roles, Fazia, based on, are you selling something that's a little bit more simple or a little bit more complex? Right. So it's a little more transactional and some people like transactional sales. They sell something, they move on. Um, that could be in the B2C space in particular. And then there's things that are very complex that have multi-stages to them that are typically in the business world that are, are just interesting to people that like things that are a little bit more complex that take longer. And so, again, it's a little bit learning about what interests you have in terms of, do you like things to move faster versus slower? Do you like things that are intricate and complex in a business or do you like the the thrill of the hunt and <laughs> a lot of different transactions? And so there really is something out there for anybody in sales um, based on the type of businesses that are out there and what they're selling. Can anybody be a good salesperson? Not anybody. I mean, again, I think um, from a corporate sales perspective and B2B sales, you know, you have to be willing and wanting to help people, right? If you're in it for yourself, it'll show through right away and it, you won't be successful very long. So I do think successful salespeople are ones that are really interested in helping that person or that company get to where they need to get, whether it's benefits you personally or not. And if if that's just not you and you don't like talking to other people and helping people, you'd rather maybe work more independently and to each their own, maybe that's maybe sales is maybe not the right role for you. And um, that's just my perspective is that seeing that people have a, a longer successful career if they're sort of servant mind mindset oriented. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I, I agree with you 100%. Um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Yeah, the best way to reach me is through LinkedIn, um, as well as just an email, which is also on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to connect with people and help them any way I can. Yeah, so uh, your LinkedIn account is just uh, under your name, Mark Sutter, S-U-T-T-E-R? Yeah, it's Mark L. Sutter. uh, Oh, okay. So make sure the L is in there. Mark L. Sutter, S-U-T-T-E-R. So if you'd like to get in touch with him, He's a very generous man, so I think uh, I think he'd be happy to answer a question or two. Um, if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can definitely reach out to me at the very bottom of the uh, homepage. We um, have our magazine coming out again in January, January 10th, and starting this month, it is... Um, a monthly subscription. So make sure you sign up, subscribe, and you will receive an email. Uh, make sure you go back and click on that email. Make sure that you have 
um, you know, done all the process so that you can receive that uh, magazine on the 10th of every month. And you can also reach out to us if you're interested in being on the show or if you'd like to be a, a writer for the magazine. If you're interested in sales, you can reach out to me as well for that, for the magazine, as well as for the radio show. And if you're interested in our coaching, we are offering our mind print assessments for $350. Um, typically is our price. And right now we have a sale for $300. So if you're interested in our mind print assessment, um, it is a fabulous offer. You'll get a 45 minute consultation with me as well as ACT and SAT predictions. So if you are interested in any of that information, um, you can go to the website. Once again, that is executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can also reach out to me at 480-648-1122. We'll be back after these messages talking to Mark Suter. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Bozzi Acosti is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit ExecutiveFunctionCoachAZ.com. Bozzi works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Acosti or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Welcome back. I'm Fazia Costi, and today we're talking to Mark Suter, founder of Impact Sales Advisors. Uh, welcome back to the show, Mark. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. You know, I'm I'm really glad you're here. I, I think what you do is fascinating. It's something I've never done, I've, you know, professionally, but like we talked earlier, everyone has experience in sales. We all have an interview. We all have something that we do in sales. So I think it's great that you, you are willing to come and talk a little bit about how people can maybe improve their sales pitch. So this is wonderful. Thank you. Um, what are some of the keys that help you become successful in in a career with sales? What are the, the most important things that you would do? For a career in sales? Um, yeah, there's a lot of 
lot of there that you could potentially touch upon. I think one is just getting started, getting some experience in sales. And it really doesn't matter what it is, but it could be door-to-door, it could be retail sales, it could be um, you know more of a traditional small business, um, getting some experience. And I think you want to document your success, whether it's a win with a customer, um, you know, some praise that you received internally. I think you want to gain experience and learn some capability. Um, and then I do think it's good to continue the learning part of it, as I mentioned, taking some sales training courses. And there's a lot of sales training uh, resources out there, books and companies that do some basic sales training. I think if you combine sort of the experience with some of the research and some of the techniques that you develop over time, you just become more effective. Um, and so that's really sort of a, a place to start, but it, it's also is something that you just do ongoing as you continue to evolve your skill set by, by learning and practicing and so forth. Um, yeah, again, a lot of a lot of resources online and, and groups that you can join to get some some feedback and some experience and some training. Um, it's interesting that <clears throat> larger companies do provide some training at some cases, um, but a lot of small companies don't. So it's really on your your on yourself to do it individually in terms of reading books and and trying to develop your skill set. Um, you can also hire a coach in some cases and things like that. But um, to get started, you just sort of need to get started and, and jump in uh, and try to get some experience at some company um, and then plot a path of where you want to go uh, by building on the successes that you have. Is it kind of a trial and error thing at the beginning? Well, it can be. I think every situation is a little bit different. I think if you get with a company and you're doing okay in sales and you're learning something, um, that's a great sign. I think if you're learning something and you're having some success, that's a great sign. And ideally, you're hopefully making some money. I think it's a bad sign if you're not learning something about sales or the customer. Um, you always want to be sort of moving forward with the learning part of it. Um, and then I think you reevaluate every so often about other opportunities out there that would be a logical next step in your career progression based on what you want to do, whether it's sort of the business to consumer route or the business to business route. Um, based on sort of your interests, like maybe you're interested in technology or you're interested in healthcare, you know, what are the larger marketplaces and, you know, ecosystems of the space that you want to play in and understanding sort of the opportunity set of what the roles might be and then meeting people. So building your skill set, and I guess I touched upon earlier, building the connections in the area and the space and the, the company and the industry that you want to want to spend time on. Earlier, you talked a little bit about, you know, learning and getting the right training and the right techniques. What are some techniques that you've used that have been very successful for you? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of things that I sort of morphed together over time. So I've been trained and have studied a lot of different, I would say called sales methodology, right? So from challenger sales methodology to Miller Hyman sales methodology to spin selling uh, I'm a big fan of the value selling network um, program, value selling framework. Um, but I do think it's really combining sort of the sales methodology with a, a broader understanding of the business. And so, you know, how do you have effective conversations within a context of the market within a company? So sales and marketing and product and, and the executive function, understanding how business works is really important. So it's not just the sales training. I think there's a broader business um, expertise that you need to develop over time in terms of how companies operate. Because ultimately you're operating sales and you're fine-tuning sales within the context of a broader corporate organizational approach and strategy and culture. So 
understanding how that fits within a company is important as well. You, you talked a little bit about value selling. What what is that? Well, value selling is actually um, it's a it's a common theme of of an approach, but there is actually a specific framework out there called the value selling framework, and that's what I was referring to. So there's gotcha. a company, yeah, there's a company called Value Selling out there that I I think does great work and that we leveraged at previous companies that I worked for in terms of at a high level, just really understanding their corporate objective and their business issues at a high level, sort of the problems and challenges that stand in the way. So it's really understanding their situation first before you get to the solutioning part of it. Um, and it's a great framework that they offer. I think it's very um, useful and easy to use. It's not overly complex and it sort of fits in almost any type of industry or size company. And so, um, but in general, the value selling approach is to start with the, the key initiatives and the corporate objectives and the, the challenges at a company or person level versus your own product led. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are, what are some trends in sales? I mean, do, do sales have trends like other businesses do or is sales always sales? Yeah, there's been a lot of trends in sales recently and particularly the last 18 months with COVID and the remote work. And in general, um, a couple one stat that I read recently is there have been about a 12 to 1300% increase in the number of SDRs, um, sales development reps that do outreach. So what that means is that your email inbox and my LinkedIn inbox or both of ours are getting bombarded with offers and messages to own a franchise or own your own business or, or buy this product. And they're often missing the mark. And so one trend is based on that tremendous scaling and automation of outreaches. Buyers are a little bit annoyed and consumers are a little bit annoyed. There's a lot of, a lot of noise and <clears throat> busyness out there in terms of right. getting. And so I would say, you know, from a sales perspective, if, if you flip it, buyers that have a lot of information and data themselves they're getting bombarded with a lot of messages, again, from salespeople and marketing people about this this or that that are just missing the mark. And so it is a turnoff to buyers that they're getting sort of the wrong messaging. And that's a big trend. Um, the, the related trend is that, as I mentioned before, is that buyers, whether they're consumers or businesses, are largely doing their research and their uh, solutioning online and via other digital means. And so the role of the sales rep is a little bit later in the sales process, and it's a little bit different than it used to be. So think about less about it from a sales framework perspective, but where is the buyer and what are they doing? What problems are they trying to solve for? What are they looking for from a solution standpoint? Uh, and they're doing that digitally and online versus getting that information from a salesperson. So if we're getting all, if we're getting bombarded with all these messages we don't want, what is the lesson in this for a salesperson? Yeah. So the message is really, how do you be relevant at the right time based on where the buyer is? And so if the buyer is understands that they have a problem and they're just trying to do some research and get smart about it, they're trying to get educated on it, then your role and your messaging needs to help them get smarter about that particular stage of where they're at. If they've moved on and say, I know what I need. I'm not sure exactly what the solution looks like in terms of what the requirements are. Then your messaging and your 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 the way you show up is different, right? One time initially might be educating. Now when they're in the solutioning area, they're sort of just looking at different options. Things like 
can you help them tell a customer story that you've solved with before? Is there a case study in there? It's a little more specific about where they are in the stage because they're they're closer to making a decision and they might just need help understanding sort of the options within that framework of the solution. And so I think if you understand if they're in the education phase versus the solutioning part of it versus making a decision, then you just adapt your messaging and your talk track and how you help them by being really relevant at the right place at the right time. Think about it as you're just being their guide for a lot of it, right? You're educating them up front, then you're helping them make the decision by providing some data and some facts, maybe some examples, things like that. Okay. So, yeah, no, I I really appreciate that. Um, Do you have any case studies of people that you've helped that you could talk a little bit about? Well, I think uh, there's a couple of different situations where I've helped people. I think um, I just go back maybe to one experience I had when I was at a, a financial services company where I helped our organization just reorientate our sales go-to-market model. We did some analysis uh, in terms of wanting to grow sales more rapidly. And when we looked at where we were in terms of doing that current state assessment, looking at where we were today, we realized that the way we were organized and where our customers were didn't make any sense. And so we basically just reorganized our sales organization. uh, And I collaborated with people in our organization to put our salespeople closer to the customer redesigned territories that made sense based from a geographic perspective, realigned roles, responsibilities from a sales to service to product perspective. Um, That was probably one example, I think, where we really reformatted the approach to sales. And the result was that we had five record years in a row, uh, year after year, simply just by taking a step back and reorganizing sort of our go-to-market approach. And of course, we did make some changes to sales resources. We divided territories a little bit different. We hired hired for a different profile, um, and so I think they kind of go hand in hand in terms of understanding the current situation and then making some changes based on where you are and then where you want to go. Um, but that was a very noteworthy one for me, just because we had so much success for five consecutive years based on the changes that we made. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that that's that's really awesome. And it sounds like the changes, you know, weren't really that dramatic, but they had a huge impact. Yeah, it was a lot of work, but yeah, they're they're big rocks to move. Um, took some time to do so. Um, but in hindsight, yeah, they were sort of um sometimes you get too close that so you don't see it, but we took a step back and and looked at looked at data and looked at where we wanted to go. And we're pretty data intensive about making smart decisions about um, where we were and where we wanted to go. Um, and it was a collaborative team effort, of course. So, uh, which is the fun part, right? You're not just uh, me and sales working on it, but I work pretty closely with our folks in service, our folks in product about really aligning, we touched upon metrics, but where are we going to focus our time and energy on which customer sets, what products, right? What skill sets do we need as a sales organization? So we really spent a lot of time aligning the organization around the right vital few things from a metrics perspective, which I think really helped us drive momentum. I love it. Well, speaking of metrics, uh, I'd love to talk a little bit about the state of sales in small to mid-sized businesses next. Um, And let's talk specifically about the high-level metrics, if you don't mind. Yeah. So I think the state of sales, when we do assessments with businesses, and I continue to consult with business here locally, a lot of times they're struggling with a couple of different areas. It's things like sales strategy, 
meaning do they understand from a competitive standpoint, the position in the marketplace? Do they understand who their ideal client profile is? I think from a methodology standpoint, from a sales process standpoint, they're struggling with how to um, organize the right steps in their process to efficiently, effectively go after the market. They're oftentimes also also struggling with what are the right metrics and dashboards to track? You know, what are the things that we should be really focused on to measure? Um, There's certainly some struggles with small businesses around sales structure, roles, responsibility, particularly for companies that are maybe trying to grow. They've had one or two salespeople. They're adding more salespeople. Um, And then you layer on, Fazia, the sort of the lack of sales management capability. So they're sort of stuck. They're not sure what their current situation is. They're not sure what best practices are in those four or five areas that I mentioned. And then they're a little bit unclear how to move forward. So that's sort of the work that I do is help them understand their current state and sort of what is best practice at a high level based on their situation in terms of what metrics to focus on. And um, maybe I'll maybe I'll phrase it this way in like four questions. You know, do you understand what is the selling effort that you need to go after your target market? Um, you know, how many customers need to get? How many sales calls is that? How many hours is that? Do you understand for question number two what the sales capability is? Like, what skills do your people need to be effective and efficient? Um, and then the other two questions really revolve around. What customer focus do you have? Some businesses are focused really on just new customers, and that's a different skill set than say, really focus. We want to grow revenue on current customers, which is a whole different skill set with different metrics that you focus on. And then the final and fourth category I would say to solve for is what's our product focus or service focus? What are we selling on? I think if you can align those four things again, what's the what's the selling effort that we need? What's the sales skills that we need? Um, what's the product and customer focus, you're on your way to success because those four things are really hard to align, but they do align well if you collaborate within your organization from a sales and marketing and product perspective and get on the same page. And then the magic after that, Fazi, is really just aligning the right sort of sales activities and metrics on that. So in that example, I mentioned if you're focused, for example, on let's say current customers versus new customers, then perhaps you have some metrics and activities that are around doing some account management profiles and account plans, right? Because you want to dive deeper within the accounts. You want to be smarter about what that customer looks like versus the alternative is that you're focused on net new customers and you're hunting out there for new business. The activity and the metrics might be more about percent of customers called and you might have a call script or call plan for somebody that's really doing the hunting. So again, different metrics, different processes based on the different goals that you have based on your business. And so that that framework, that alignment of what you're focused on and how you're doing it is really sort of what I call like a sales operating system that is somewhat unique to each company based on their environment and, and the marketplace at the end that they're in and their own capabilities and who they have in their organization. And solving for that is really difficult if you haven't done it before. And some companies like I I just had some serious plumbing done in my house. And I was just thinking as you're talking, I was thinking, okay, uh, a a plumber, for example, they would want new new customers and yet they also want to maintain their previous customers. They in so they would have to address their sales from both perspectives, right? That you know, keeping old customers and bringing in new customers in order to grow, they would need both of those things, right? 
hundred percent. So it's a great common example of what is the selling effort for that plumbing company to go after new customers versus existing customers. And what's the focus, what's the um, capability that they need to do that. And who's also doing what? So is there one person that's going after new business or is there sort of a hybrid where that sales resource internally in the companies may be doing both? And, and how do you do that? And sort of solving for that is, is sort of the, sort of the magic that we try to focus on within that customer is, is trying to vet that out from a sales activity, sort of sales objective standpoint. Um, but doing both is possible. Um, it's just sort of understanding the math behind the effort, sort of the skills that you need, and then aligning the right activities that you do on a day-to-day basis. I think the one lesson learned, Fazia, just to touch upon that is that you can only control what you do on a day-to-day basis, right? So it's really focus on what are the vital few things in those two objectives, new customers and existing customers that really move the needle. And then who in your organization is doing that? Um, is it one person? Is that a different person? Is it the account manager versus a sales rep? And then how do you manage that, that overall function and activity from a, from a leadership management perspective? And, and if we look at a smaller company, like the plumbing company, for example, the plumber, you know, it's probably the plumber doing the sales. Right. So, right. yeah. So, you know, do they have to have different skill sets for, uh, well, clearly they're able to be a plumber, but do they have to have a different skill set for, you know, selling to both their current customers and new customers? Or do those skill sets overlap? Well, it really depends on the person. I think some people can do both. I think one of the questions you sort of embedded in there, which is really important, is a lot of small businesses are at that stage where they are owning the company, they're selling, and they're also delivering. And then if they want to scale their business, how do they how do they do that? And so oftentimes there's this question as a business is how and what sales resource do I hire first? Or do I help hire somebody to help me deliver and execute sort of on the delivery part of it? And that's sort of a key question that people probably don't have time to today to offer and solve for it, but it's really doing the analysis of how do you scale and grow your company um, in terms of the number of customers that you can handle, and then what the business development activity is to go acquire new customers while you're servicing your existing customer base. And so there's sort of both sides of the coin there in terms of delivery and business development that we can help customers work through because um, you need to solve for it. And it comes down to a lot of times is what's the role of that business owner in that situation, Fazia? What do they want to do? Do they want to go right. focus on selling? Do you need somebody to help them? Or do they need somebody to help on delivery, right? So they can scale and have more bandwidth to do both. Um, yeah. Is it harder for a small company to grow or a larger company? Well, I think it really just depends on their marketplace and their situation. Okay. I think, yeah, I think larger companies, again, it just it depends on the marketplace they're in. I think there's, um, um, yeah, different factors for both. Um, it just really depends on the the industry and the marketplace that they're at. Um, I would say a lot of cases, small companies just have more room to grow, right? Um, yes. So there's, you can make some pretty dramatic changes in revenue with a few different tweaks potentially, whereas larger companies have a lot of status quo inertia of things that they have to move. And it's a little bit harder to turn a big ship sometimes. Okay. Well, I have to tell you, I, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I want to thank you for being on the show. Um, how can people get in touch with you once again? 
Yeah, I think the best way to reach me is via LinkedIn. Uh, I have a website on there as well. I'm always open to a free consultation and help helping people um, be successful. So if I can help them, happy to do so, even if it's just me getting them to another resource or another conversation someplace, but um, happy to connect on LinkedIn and, and take it from there. All right. And it's Mark, M-A-R-K-L, Suter, S-U-T-T-E-R. That's right. Impact Sales Advisors. Yep. That's, that's, where, I'm, that's where I'm at. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh, my last question to you is what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Uh, <laughs> I would say um, always stay curious and assume that you don't know it all. So never stop learning. And I would say your success in life oftentimes is mostly attributed to the people that you know and that you're trying to meet and how you spend your time. So spend spend your time on things and attention on things that will move your life forward from a business and personal standpoint. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And once again, thank you for coming on the show today. It's been absolutely a joy chatting with you and learning a little bit about sales. I hope it's been a very helpful um, you know, uh, topic for our, our listeners today as well. Um, if you're looking to get in touch with me, once again, you can go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. The bottom of the homepage, there's a contact tab. You can send me an email directly through there. You can also call me at 480-648-1122. We have a special on our mind print assessments right now. If you're looking to um, get a special holiday gift, now's the time. We have a special uh, $300. You can also get a um, the mind print assessment with the ACT and SAT predictions. So it's a wonderful tool to have to um, guide your student, your child uh, through their educational system or through their educational process. Um, it's really a wonderful tool. You can also subscribe to our magazine, Executive Function Magazine, through our website. Um, you can call me directly or email me if you're interested in being on our show today or if you are interested in writing an article. The magazine is now a monthly um subscription. So we are looking for uh, people who can write on different topics for different months. So we are eager to hear back from you and see what you are capable of contributing to our magazine. And uh, if you're interested in being on the radio show, uh, we're interested in in guests for that as well. Um, Yeah. So uh, I want to give a quick shout out to our listeners, especially those in China. Without you, this would not be possible. Thank you very much. And I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.